Here at Doxedo Hatfield, we are a family on mission. Make sure to get connected by joining us at one of our Sunday services. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So I need to ask you a question this morning. What was the worst service that you've ever received in your entire life? Just think about that for a moment. What's the, the worst service that you've ever received? Now, for us, for my wife and I, it has to be by the end of lockdown last year. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a period of time where no restaurants were open. Okay, And so for the first time in about three months, we could order some fast food and get it delivered. For the first time in three months, okay, for you guys, you might not think it's a big deal. Trust me, it's a big deal. <laughs> and so we ordered and we waited nearly three hours for our delivery. Three hours for our delivery. And eventually when the food got here, I knew, okay, so everyone in Pretoria is ordering for the first time food. When the food got to our house and we opened it up, it was soggy and cold, and there was stuff missing. It was unappetizing, unappealing, and we were so disappointed. Come on, anyone else? Now, I know this sounds so first world, like, let's not complain about food. But just that feeling, and I know for a fact that every single one of us here today have experienced something similar, because when we speak about service, there's an undeniable implication that it has to be significant. I mean, just think about this for a second. You subscribe to certain platforms. You go to certain shops. You wear a certain brand. Am I right? Why? Because they've got good service. Why would you want to go to a place that intentionally gives you bad service? You walk in there and immediately they start throwing stuff at you. You walk into the shop and they're just like throwing. No, why would you do that? You wouldn't because we value good service. Can I get an Amen. I hope that you guys feel that there's good service at Docs that I had field. <laughs> you see, Jesus had a very different view regarding service. And the Bible teaches something completely different about serving. And so today we're going to dive into that. And I want to take you along to 1 Peter 4. And if you wouldn't mind opening up your Bible and uh, going to 1 Peter 4, we're going to be in verses 8 to 11. And I'm going to read for us in the CSB It'll be on the screens as well. And it says the following. It says in verse 8, Above all, maintain constant love for one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Now, if anyone speaks, let it be as the one who speaks God's words. And if anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, when Jesus speaks about serving, it is impossible to separate serving from loving. For you to serve means to love, and for you to love means to serve. It's one and the same thing. So if we dive into just that first verse again, just above all, maintain constant love, it's so much more than helping out. And specifically today, as we are in 
week three of our sermon series called This Is Us. We're speaking about Doxadeo Hatfield. We're speaking about what makes our church so authentic and unique. And the way that we go on mission together, when we speak about serving, it is so much more than just helping out. It's so much more than just doing something to tick the box to say, hey, I've done something nice today. It's so much more than that. When we speak about serving, and it cannot be separated from loving, and this scripture specifically says maintain constant love, it's implicated that it is something you have to work at. Now, I want you to, for a second to look at the people around you, all right? Look them square in the mask, okay? Look at them. And I want you to tell them it's not always easy. Tell them it's not always easy to love you. But I will love you. I'm not speaking to the chair. I will love you. Say that. I will love you. And I will serve you. Because I have been loved and served. Maintaining constant love, guys, it is, it's necessary for us to understand that if we don't, and listen to this very carefully. This is a very long sentence, but listen to this very carefully. If we don't, show tangible love of Jesus through serving, how will it be seen? Think about that for a second. How will the tangible, real-life love of Jesus be seen in your life if you don't display it through serving and loving? It won't be seen. And so to maintain this, to work at it, It is, number one, for us to know that it is a deep, deep understanding, a deep drive of love, not obligation, not even necessity. If you think about just serving at a church or serving at any organization, the poster isn't outside the building saying, hey, we need you, so come and serve. No, we say, God has served me. I cannot but serve others. I am compelled when I realize that God has saved me through giving of himself. I cannot help but giving of myself. But secondly, if we look at just the the second part, maintaining constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Now that, that sounds just very weird, doesn't it? Come on, let's be honest. Love covers a multitude of sins. If you go read in in Proverbs 10 verse 12, it is actually a reference to that scripture. And it says, hatred stirs up conflicts. Hatred stirs up conflicts. But love covers all offenses. Now you see, for Jesus to give himself, to save us, to lay down his life to save us, if that causes something inside of me and I start laying myself down for others, what it's actually doing with that love, that serve, that cannot be separated, as it is covering offenses, it is reconciling people to God and people to people. You see, the mandate of Christians as Jesus followers is if we step into loving people, if we step into serving people, 
We are on that mission, reconciling people to God and people to people. Just think about the Christian movement, how we approach certain things in the world, in the secular world. If we love people, if we serve people, if we reach out to people and show genuine, authentic love without judgment, without pretense, without C's and C's, we genuinely love people, what do they see? They see God. See, that was the mission of Christianity all along, is go and display who I am in you. Go and display this love that is in you so that people can see who I am. I want to read to you in Mark 10, verse 43 to 45, where Jesus is speaking with his disciples, and he says, It is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all, will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For us to understand what serving and loving is, is firstly to see how Jesus loved us. To understand that the way that the Savior came to literally die, literally die to save me, how can I but respond and say, Jesus, I want to lay down my life? Now, if I look at the First Peter 4 scripture today, I'm going to spend time in that, and I think that there's three things that just helps me form just the picture of what godly serving really is. And when we speak about this is us, we're speaking about Dr. A. Hatfield, and I'm going to say right off the bat this morning is that I want you to ask yourself today, what is Jesus calling me for? If I'm in this church, if I'm, if I'm not just visiting, but if I say I am in this church, what is Jesus calling me to? So let's dive into that today. The first thing that I see is that to serve means to bring glory to God. And as we read in verse 11, it says, If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. And if anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides, so that God may be glorified in Jesus Christ and everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. You see, serving speaks more about Jesus than it does of us. I want you for a moment just to see this, is when Jesus came to save us and to give of himself to us, to enable us to serve. In other words, there was no way for us to really serve and love people before Jesus served us. Think about that. There was no way for us to really serve and love people in a godly way, without God, giving of himself and saving us. Why? Well, it's simple, because we are flawed human beings. Guys, without God perfecting us, without his love calling us, and him displaying and showing us what it looks like to serve, we would always default back to our own you know, default setting, which is selfishness, which is our own self-will. Think about that. Come on, guys. If we have to be honest as Christians today, it's not easy 
laying down yourself for someone else. It's much easier to say, you know what, I'm going to do what I think is best for me. I'm going to try and just sort myself out. And in fact, if I have to trample over someone else to do it, that's going to be my default setting. And God comes and he says, I not just want, I don't want, just want to save you from you know, the world. I want to save you from yourself. I want to save you from your brokenness. I want to save you from your own selfish heart. I want to come and change and heal and restore something in you. And what that did was it increased capacity. It enabled us to really love, not from our own self, but from a love of God that occupies me. Think about that. If the Spirit is in you, it has filled you, and you love people, do you really think it is from your own self? No. It's God's love. It's tangible love, real love, the greatest love of all working in and through you to serve others. And when we do that, it glorifies him because it is a reference. Every act of service is a reference to God. It is a billboard sign pointing back to the creator, first taking a step closer to a broken humanity and serving them, giving them, not sorting them out, not wiping them all clean, or not clean, wiping them all out. It is God coming close, taking the first step, saving us. So every act of service is a billboard pointer back to Jesus. It's a billboard pointer saying, I can serve because God served me. I can love because God loved me. If you would ask me how I serve my wife, for example, (laughs) and you would come to my house, I would take you into the kitchen and I would show you a green bottle of sunlight liquid. And I would show you a yellow sponge with pieces of mince and pasta on it, right? And I will show you dirty dishes. And I would tell you that I serve my wife by washing dishes. I would take you to the laundry room and I would show you the washing. And I would say that, guys, I do laundry to serve my wife. And so serving is not always spectacular for it to be significant, In fact, the act of serving has less to do about the the act itself, but even the posture, which is more important. I want to take you just real quick to, this is not on the screen, but with Jesus in John 13, verse 14 to 15, when he says the following, he says, So if I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you are also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Just think about this. Jesus is not saying that, guys, we have to every single day go out with a bucket and wash feet. Like that's just the number one mission of the church is we physically and literally wash feet. It's like a drive through for your car. We wash feet. Imagine that. That's the core business of church, right? You just come there. And the, the, the Christians are there and they wash your feet and you give them 20 bucks and you drive away. No, Jesus was saying, guys, the example of doing something that normally no one would want to do. 
Okay, they didn't have Nike Airs back in the day. They didn't have nice body scrubs, all right? They had disciples' foot. You know, athlete's foot, it's way worse than that. It's gross. It was dirty. It was humiliating for a rabbi to come and sit in front of dirty feet, to go down on his knees and to take a foot and start washing a dirty foot. And Jesus standing up and saying, I want you in the same way to do this. To be willing to put yourself at the feet of other people and love them and serve them. Why? Because it shows who I am. It shows what I did. And so for us to do that, guys, for me to serve my wife can't just happen spontaneously or whenever I feel like it. No, because I never feel like it. I never feel like washing feet. I don't. I'll rather sit and play Fortnite at home or play with the dogs. So I need to have a place and a, and a, a consistency to serve my wife. And so I predefine this already beforehand. I know my wife doesn't like doing the dishes and doesn't want to cook every single evening and doesn't want to clean the house all by herself. So what do I do? I choose a platform to serve my wife, but I do it frequently and often. In other words, I have a set of routines that I do. Yesterday, before I came to church, you wouldn't believe it. I was here at church yesterday. But I did three loads of washing while my wife was away. I could have done that in front of her. I could have waited until she got home and, look, I'm, I'm taking the clothes. Are you seeing? I'm taking the clothes and, and I'm going to the washing. Do you see this? I'm taking this to the washing machine and I'm going to wash it now. And No, I do it so that when my wife gets home, she can see nothing. She doesn't even know it's done. I love that. I love the fact that my wife doesn't even see the washing or the dishes just magically disappearing and being washed and folded and put away. And the reason for that is, is I believe truly in my heart that for me, the biggest reward is not the thank you from my wife, but the remembrance of what I'm doing is bringing glory to God. You see, the same with Doxa Hatchfield. I want to tell you guys just a quick story I remember about two and a half years ago when we started this church at the OM building, way back when, we had monthly services. Imagine that. You go to church once a month. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> you guys think we should go back to monthly services? I'll rebuke you. I'll throw you, with, I'll throw you with an iPad. So I remember that first, first Sunday morning, guys, when I have our first gathering at the OM building, and I got up at four o'clock on a Sunday morning, four o'clock. I even had to phone one. I'll make sure he's awake. And I stood there in front of the mirror and I'm getting ready. And it's like I'm looking through one eye and it's like, and I had this moment of sobering up. And I realized that this is not going to be easy. This is going to cost me a lot. And I knew long hours and hard work and putting all of that in I would get home exhausted and tired. And I looked at myself and I literally said, are you prepared to do this? To love and to serve so that people can meet Jesus. 
And I, in my heart, had that sorted out. I had a resounding yes and amen, I'm going to do this. And I got in my car that morning, and I drove to Hatfield. And when I opened up that first venue, and I switched on the lights, there was nothing in that place. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Do you guys understand? There was nothing in that building. And in about an hour and ten minutes, that entire church was set up, ready, and prepared. From coffee, straight through to chairs, straight through to signage outside, people standing with boards and welcoming other people. It was set. That church was ready. And I stood there, and for a second, I just contemplated. I never considered that it wasn't just the fact that I had to step in and respond to this call to serve. But the success and the significance laid in an entire body of people having that same resounding yes in their hearts that same morning. Can I tell you guys something scary? Two and a half years later, even with a permanent venue, nothing has changed in that regard. There's chairs packed out, there's coffee prepped, there's people outside serving in the worship team. And this is exactly what it does. You see, guys, because if a service is great and, and you get in your car afterwards on a Sunday morning and you drive away here and you are ministered to and, and you had a moment to connect with God and you had some coffee and you get in your car and you drive away, the last thing that I would want you to do is to say, you know what, that was so great. The glory be to Mo. The glory be to Joe. The glory be to Taiki, such an amazing and lovable person. The glory be to Mana for singing incredible vocal lines. The glory be to him. No, that would be a very sad day. That would be the day that we probably close these doors and never open them again. Because you see, what we do is to serve others to glorify Jesus. And our prayer as a church is that when people drive away from this place, as a visitor or even a partner, that they would drive away saying, glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Because this is not our idea. This is not our design. This wasn't you know, our planning and our strategy. No, this is God at work through people. This church, this community, every single minute spent in this place is God at work in and through people. Can I get an amen for that? Just thank you, Jesus. The glory be to Jesus. <laughs> the second thing that I see is that when we serve, in, in, in specifically this verse, verse the first Peter 4, is we serve from our gifting. We serve from our gifting. And I want to read that again just in verse 10. It says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. I want to I ask you a question this morning. Is If Jesus gave you gifts and skills and he imparted into you, and he, he called you and he gave you a, a, a local church and a local body to serve. Why would we as Christians 
say no to that. If we were created to do so. I have a golden retriever at home, guys. And he does not retrieve gold. I can promise you that. But he is a retriever by DNA. Not just a fun name. He literally retrieves all sorts of things. If it's asked for or not, you would go into the house and by his bed, you will find any small object that he could find first. And he doesn't destroy it, no. He's not a, he's not a, a golden destroyer. He's not, he's, not a, he's not a golden go and hide stuff underground outside, no. He's a golden retriever. So what he does is he literally retrieves and brings it to where he feels safe. Now, I can promise you, you can try as hard as you want to, to get that dog to not do that. I can give you a solid promise. You can take that to the bank. It will not happen. That dog will retrieve until the day he dies. If we say the same thing about a Christian, think about this. Guys, it's in a Jesus follower's DNA. No matter what you do, how hard you beat that Christian, how much you shout at that Christian, how much you ridicule that Jesus follower, it is impossible to get that person not to serve. We've tried, seriously, we've tried to kick him, we've thrown him with stuff, like he just keeps on loving people. I don't know what to do. Because it's in his DNA. See, that's what we are called for. And, and God doesn't just say, guys, this is what you have to do and figure it out amongst yourselves. Choose the best Christian you can find in your church and he will represent you. No, God says, I have called you, but I've also gifted you. So go and be a responsible steward, a Christian that says, I want to know what my gifting is. I want to find out what God has put in me. We've got people serving all over in this church. We've got people straight from the worship to the tech and whatever. And I'm, I'm sure no one is called specifically to pack out and earn. Like, that's your number one calling. Like, I've been training for this, guys. I've, if I walk into game, I'm just lifting urns because I'm just, that's what I do. I'm lifting urns. I'm training for when I get to church. No. Obviously, serving covers a broad spectrum of things. But there's something deeper where God says, I have imparted into you unique gifts by my grace at the work of the Spirit. Do you want to be a faithful steward and use that gift? Do you want to respond to that? I think that's a resounding yes in our own hearts. So I want to call up Manalise. I actually did brief him before, and he might look like I didn't, but I promise you I did. And I just asked him just to share a moment of just testimony with you guys, just on how he saw himself coming into a church and how his views have just changed and shifted from serving. So thank you so much, Mana. Can we give him just a round of applause? Hi, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you, Mo, for such a wonderful um, sermon, sharing on service and I have my own personal journey with that, um, but I want to just first encourage you in something. God has definitely placed something in your hands. If I may ask, can you look in your hands, put your hands? No, you're not having an existential crisis. That's what people do when they look at their hands. 
<laughs> but it's to say that God has given you something in your hand that meets the need of someone else. And that's the place where you can serve from. Um, I like what Mo said, that um, <laughs> our service brings glory to God because what he has given you is a piece of him that he would like to show the next person. Our gifts are not for ourselves, definitely, therefore, serving other people. And it took me time to actually get to that point, especially when it comes to Sunday services. When I was younger, um, going to church was like, got to wake up on Sunday. I got to show up at this place, sing a couple of songs, and I'm ready to leave. I'm going to go to go. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go back home. Um, And that was just a routine part of it. I didn't understand that church was a community. I didn't understand that I had a place to serve in the church. And God came and challenged me on that. See, when I was younger, I grew up listening to hip-hop. I'm a hip-hop head all day long. Yo, yo, freaky, freaky, one, two. Anyway. (laughs) Um, And there is this brand of clothing, right, that used to be popular back in the day that was parodied by a movie I used to watch, a hip-hop movie. Its name is Boo Fu. Everybody say Boo Fu? It sounds like a foreign. Yes, that's a Boo Fu or a, a pet name for your loved one. Hey, Boo Fu. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> what Boo Fu stands for is by us, for us, Right? And that's what God changed uh, my view about community about. He said, it's by us, for us. But the trick here is there are two different us's. The first us is us. You, 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 everybody here. And the second us is them. For us inviting people into a community. See, church is not a place that we come and we just consume what has been created. There is no bigger power preparing something. These are people who are actively participating in a shared experience that we get to do here on Sunday. So when we put our hands and we serve in the space, we're creating a space where others can be served as well. Hi. (laughs) So I'd like to encourage you, get to know your gifting. Um, It doesn't have to be just a Sunday. You have a community of people that have different needs. I, I love seeing it When someone is sick, then someone from our church comes and cooks them dinner. That's service. You know, um, when you get in touch with someone, that's also service. When someone packs out the urn, because there's someone who needs coffee in the morning, you wake up, you're just like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to be all right until I have my first coffee, y'all. It's not going to happen. There's someone who's packing an urn for you so you can have that coffee and you can have a great time with us. So find a place to serve. Use your gifting. um, Yeah. There we go. So cool. The third thing that I see, the final thing that I see in that that first Peter four, is that we are to be strengthened to serve the body, to strengthen the body. So let's read together in verse eleven. It says, If anyone speaks, let it be as the one who speaks God's words, and if anyone serves, Let it be from the strength that God provides, to serve from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ and everything. 
It's very interesting that in a nautical rope making, so ships and sails and by the ocean, when they make a rope, there's a three-step process, and it's called worm, parcel, and serve. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true, and you can go and look it up on Google. To worm a rope is to literally take individual uh, just threads and to knot it together to make one of those just rope binds. That is to worm it. Okay, It looks like a little worm. To parcel it is to knot it together so that you find that thick knotted rope, all right? But to serve a rope, just listen to how fascinating this is. To serve a rope is to take one single thin piece of thread and continuously wind it around that rope from the tip all the way to the end. Because you see, serving a rope is preparing it for its final purpose. It is strengthening that rope. Now, if I would take a single piece of thread... Quickly, Charlie, pull a piece of thread out of your hoodie. No, I'm joking. If you would take one piece of thread, that piece of thread is not the make-all of one hoodie. You can easily break it, quite easily. Even taking one you know, piece of strand from a rope, you can break that quite easily, right? You want to test it out? Fidelis is a nice, strong guy. I'm sure that he can do it. But if you would take that single piece of thread and you would wind it, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand times over and over again over the same rope. Do you want to take a bet that you will not be able to break that? Just think about that, guys. It is to serve, and the act itself is not going to be the most spectacular and glorious thing. You know, I'm going to take this one urn, the one urn to serve the entire humanity. I'm going to. Put one urn down and then it is completed. No one ever has to carry an urn again. Guys, the coffee urn is there. It's ready. No. It's the thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand times in your lifetime of preparing the body for its mission. When you say that I'm going to go and service my car, just think about that. I'm going to go service my car. What are you doing? You are preparing that car for its final purpose, to drive you from point A to point B safely. In the same way, when Jesus calls us and he says that I want to strengthen you, I want to be that thread that winds around you 10,000 times. I want to strengthen you so that you can do what? Serve the body so that you can do exactly the same thing as to for 10,000 acts of laying yourself down, strengthen this body for its mission. Guys, when we speak about this as us as a family in Doxadaya Hatfield, and we speak about serving, the question is, am I responding to this call? When I say that I am going on mission with this church, that I'm invested and engaged in what God has called this church for, Am I seeing myself fully implicated in that? Do I see myself as one of those strands being served around this church? And whatever it might look like, if it is greeting people at the door, if it's being in the kids' ministry, if it is being in the worship team or serving on tech, whatever it is, 
I see myself included when I look at that rope. And at the end of the day, guys, the glory belongs to God. Can I get an amen? The glory belongs to God. It's not the glory of Doxaday Hatfield. It's not the glory of the worship team. It's not the glory of the kids' ministry. It's the glory of God. And so today I want to end off by just circling back to this gospel moment of just realizing that if I had to be honest and if I had to look inwardly into my own self, and I would see that speaking about waking up early and speaking about carrying around stuff and speaking about not being able to do other things that might seem nicer for me, And giving of myself, laying myself down, committing to a bunch of people that I don't even know. (laughs) If I think about that and I look inwardly and I see that, guys, I'm still so selfish. And I can be honest about that. I can be mature about that and say that if I look into my own heart and know that, guys, I'm not yet ready to lay myself down. Jesus comes and he reminds that I am the one saved you. I am the one who healed you. I'm the one that gave of myself. So allow me to be the one to serve you today. Allow me then to be the one to come and mend you today. Because from our own brokenness and our own, own selfish just intentions, God says, I'm not going to condemn you for it. I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm not going to you know, punish you for it. But I want to come and impart something into you. It's myself imparting into you to broaden the capacity for you to serve and to love. So I want to read to you just in, in Matthew 25 to uh, verse 35 to verse 40. It says the following. It says, for when I was hungry, Jesus speaking, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, Jesus, a stranger and take you in? Or without clothes and clothe you, when did we even see you sick or in prison? And then the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. And Jesus just once again saying that when I look at you and who I created you to be and the price that I paid for you, There's nothing else that can happen but for you to respond and to know that you are loved and to love others. And it is not something we do from ourselves. You see, to love and to live like Jesus both exposes and expires my own selfishness. But God is the one that says, I want to take you to selflessness. I want you to see me as the rope that binds you together to love and to serve. And so he provides the gifts, guys. He provides the group, the people, the church, the community. He provides the growth and the grace. See, God is not calling us to something far beyond our reach. He's just calling us to himself. God is just calling you 
to himself. And when we speak about Doxadaya Hatfield and this mission in this church, I don't want you to see a building. I don't want you to see chairs and signage or even a location. I want you to see God working and moving in people. And I want you to see the fruit of that. I want you to see how this mission is actively lived out. And I want you to see yourself in that picture. And so today we're going to take a moment to do two things. We're going to take a moment to pray for the people that's currently serving in this church. And I'm going to ask them to just stand up and we're going to just stretch out arms towards them to pray for them. But secondly, and this is going to be a moment just for you. If you have not yet experienced this, if you've not yet seen face-to-face Jesus sitting in front of your dirty feet and washing your feet and giving himself for you, laying himself down, if you haven't experienced that yet, I'm going to pray for you by the the end of the service. And I'm going to ask Jesus to reveal that to you so that you can see that. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the greatest call of all time, a call to give yourself for others, the greatest call of all times to love people. So can I ask just people in Doxray Hatfield serving in any capacity, if you are doing sound, if you are a kids ministry, if you're greeting, please just stand up for a moment. If you're a part of crew, We obviously have kids' ministry running at the moment, so they won't be here, but we're praying for them as well. But I want you to just stand up with me. If you are anyone that's serving in this church, please just stand up. And guys, this is not a moment where we give you the honor. No, it's not the moment where we give you the glory. This is a moment where we want to celebrate Jesus through you. We want to celebrate good stewardship. We want to celebrate in this church people who have responded to serve others. And so can I ask, Dr. Hadfield, can we this morning just reach out our arms towards them and just pray for them? And at the end of the prayer, can we just give them a cheer and cheer them on for the good work that God is doing in and through them? Can we do that? Amen. So let's just stretch out our hands. Jesus, today we come and honor you. We come and give you glory, God, for the people that have responded and the work that you've done through them. Jesus, I pray today that the work that you've started, you will bring to a finish in them, to bring to completion in and through them. Jesus, I pray for an abundance of gifting. I pray for your spirit so actively at work in and through them that it would reach the lost and heal the pain and restore what is broken. Jesus, I pray for strength, the promise that you have made a promise to strengthen us for what you've called us for. That is what I pray for today, Jesus. I pray that the people who are serving and giving of themselves, may they see the reward. May they see you and may they give you the glory. Pray that in your name, amen. Can we just give them a cheer, guys? Can we just say, well done, well done. It's such an honor and a privilege to be in a community that that truly loves people and so I want to take just a second moment and, and end off with this, that if you, if you like, you say, like I said, if you have not yet experienced this, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come to the front. I'm not going to make you do jumping jacks or push-ups or anything like that. I just want us all just to close our eyes. And all that I'm going to ask for is just for you just to raise your hand 
and then take it back down. Because I want to pray with you today. I'm not going to ask you to do anything besides just I want to see just who you are. If you haven't seen Jesus sitting in front of you, just saying, I love you. And I've given of myself to save you. Allow me to do that. Allow me to address what is in your heart. To come and heal and restore what is in your heart. To make you a part of my body. If that is you, just one raise of hand. Jesus, I pray this morning for hearts that are searching for you. For hearts that are questioning who you are. Jesus, that you will reveal yourself to them. You will reveal your love for them. And that Jesus, that you would grab a heart this morning. Heal a broken heart. Show them what it means to love and to serve like you. God, you are so faithful. This is your mission. This is your spirit at work. It's reconciling people to God. And we give you all the honor and all the glory. Amen.